Father in heaven, Lord, we count it a privilege to come before you this evening. Father, I ask that you would bless our study this evening as we go into the book of Revelation. I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to inspire our minds as he's inspired the word. May you lift us higher and draw us closer to heaven this day is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be spending a total of 36 hours on the book of Revelation. Um, Unfortunately, it's not enough to cover the whole book. Um, A lot longer, at least double, I would say, would be required to go into the book in depth to study clearly everything that we'd like to study. So what you're going to be getting from this class or this seminar or whatever you might like to call it is just an overview. So what you're really studying here in this 36 hours, I would like to tell you, is just scratching the surface. If you'd like to know more, you can approach me individually, or if you'd like, we can do further studies. Um, But one thing I'd like to emphasize here is, (coughs) in coming to study this book, Revelation, I would like to just emphasize that there needs to be an understanding of the book of Daniel first. Now, if you haven't studied the book of Daniel, once again, I would, I'm going to open it up and you can approach me at any time and we can go through the book of Daniel. So there may be some concepts here that I might be mentioning that you're not familiar with, but you should be familiar with if you have studied the book of Daniel properly. Um, but nonetheless, we are going to go first this evening into introduction, okay? Introduction to Revelation. And we're going to go to a big overview of this book, its theme, and what we're expecting to find in the book Revelation, okay? So let's go into it. First thing, introduction to Revelation. The first thing that we need to establish is who it was written by, when it was written. And so here, the first thing we know, it was written by the Apostle John. (coughs) Now, we're going to look at some evidences here, but just as we looked at the... If you study the book of Daniel, you will realize that Daniel is a type of the sort of people that we need to be in the last days. And so just as that is so, we need to also study the life of John to understand the sort of person that we need to also be in the last days. Because Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 tells us that John is a servant of Jesus Christ. And we are need, need to be servants of Jesus Christ as well. Because in fact, the book of Revelation is written to the servants of Jesus Christ. Okay? Next, we also need to study the books of John chapter 1, John chapter 2, 1 John, 2nd, 3rd John, and also the Gospel John. And here's an interesting side note. The Gospel John was actually written after the book of Revelation. So actually, you'll find that what you find in the Gospel John is very closely linked with the book of Revelation. And next, here, <coughs> excuse me, here is some evidence that we should, can use to prove that John was the author. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1, shall we? Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. This verse (coughs) mentions his name. Let's go there. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Verse 4. John to the seven churches. Same name mentioned again. Come down to verse 9 with me. I, John, 
who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. So clearly we see, just in chapter 1, we've already established who the writer is. Okay? John the Beloved, who was the one of the disciples of Jesus Christ. External evidence. <coughs> There's much out there, but I've just taken from one source written by Ellen G. White. In the book, Christ Object Lessons, that's what COL stands for, page 133. This is what it says. Satan has blinded the minds of many so that they have been glad of any excuse for not making the revelation their study. But Christ, through his servant who? John, has here declared what shall be in the last days. And he said, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. So, Internal and external evidence we've already used to establish who the author is of this book, okay? That's point number one. Point number two. Daniel is about political prophecies, and Revelation is about churches. <clears throat> now, you might ask, okay, well, if Daniel and Revelation are companion books, why don't they talk about the same things? Why is there a difference? Well, simply because back in Daniel's day, God's people were still a what? There was still a nation. But in Revelation, you see, the book of Daniel was written around 600 B.C. And so back in those days, Israelites were still regarded as God's people. But today, and around AD 34 onwards, God's people were found in churches. And John wrote the book around 100 A.D. So God's people then were in churches. So that's why there's a difference. And you see the difference between the two. And Revelation, even chapter 1, starts introducing the churches. Okay. Are there any questions so far? Has this been pretty clear? Let's move on. Next. <clears throat> the book of Revelation is a magnified version of Matthew 24 and 25. If you go to Matthew 24 and 25, Matthew 24 deals with a lot of last day events. Matthew 25 deals with judgment and the second coming. And so here, Revelation is just an expanded version of that. And if we have time, we can actually go and study Matthew 24 and 25, but I don't think we will, we will have time in this 36 hours that we have in this next month. But next, John wrote this when he was exiled at the Isle of Patmos around 96 AD. So the timing of this book that was written, when it was written, was around approximately 180. And that was when John wrote the book. And we know because in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9, if you come with me there, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And it's at this place, the Isle of Patmos, that received the revelation. And also, it was at this place that he wrote the Gospel of John. So this is just a brief introduction to the book of Revelation. And now we're going to go into some big pictures of this book, okay? The big picture, theme of Revelation. We can find it in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's go there. I think I will have repeated this verse so much this evening that I'm hoping you would have memorized it by then. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, the revelation of who? 
Jesus Christ. Now, look, I'm telling you now, the revelation is not about beasts. It's not about churches. It's not about anything but one thing alone. It's about Jesus Christ. But what about Jesus Christ? Let's go over to Matthew chapter 1. You see, if the revelation is revealing Jesus Christ, we need to understand more about, first, Jesus Christ, okay? So let's go to Revela- uh, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Let's all read it together when we're there, shall we? Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. And I want you to tell me what the name Jesus means. One, two, three. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So what does the name Jesus mean? Save their people from their sins. So the revelation of Jesus Christ really reveals about that man, Jesus Christ, who came to earth to what? Save his people from their sins. So really, revelation is telling us about a man who will teach us how we can have victory over sin. Okay? That's the first big theme or overview, a big picture of Revelation. Secondly, let's go back to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must what? Shortly come to pass. The first verse of Revelation tells us about Jesus Christ, but it also tells us about what? Things that are shortly to come to pass. The first verse of the whole of Revelation. But now let's go to the second last verse of that whole book. Revelation chapter 22. And I'm just showing you a big theme. Now, once again, I need to re-emphasize that it's not enough time that we have to go into detail. I'm giving you the big picture so that you can be guided by this. So when you go back and re-study Revelation, that you can go more in-depth, guided by what you've seen here so this evening. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20. The Bible says, He which testifies these things saith what? Surely I come what? Quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. So if there's anything that we can learn from the book of Revelation, is number one, it tells us about who? Jesus Christ. But what about Jesus Christ? I can't hear you. Save us from our sins, okay? But the second big theme of this is what? He's coming back. How soon? Quickly. See that? So two things. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And second thing, time is short. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Ben, you just pulled this out of the blue. You just looked at the first verse. Is that the case with all the books of the Bible? You just look at the first verse and that's the theme? Maybe so. But I'm going to enlarge this concept by looking at the whole book and you'll see this theme Jesus Christ and time is short being repeated again okay but before we do that I want to ask you guys a question what do you think is the most important chapter in the whole of Revelation for those that were here this afternoon you can't answer okay you got it wrong (laughs) but they know the answer now okay give me some answers what do you think is the most important chapter in the whole of Revelation Chapter 22, why? It's coming back, it's coming back quickly, so we should be prepared. What else? Some ideas. Hmm? 14, why? 
Three angels' message. Anyone else would agree with that? Okay, quite a few. A any other people? Are the rest just scared to be wrong. <laughs> Revelation 10, why? Prophetic rise of the Advent movement. Good, good. That is certainly an important chapter. Anybody else? Any inputs? Chapter 1. Chapter 1? Why? Overview of the whole chapter of Revelation? Okay, she's, she's, she taught it before once, so she knows. But it's wrong anyways. <laughs> Anyone else? I said 13. 13? Why? Shows us who the Antichrist power is. Okay. No, no, no. Seriously. There is one chapter in the whole book of Revelation that is very important. Now remember, it must re-emphasize what I taught you. I'm not just fitting it, I'm not just saying this to fit my mold and make it correct. But I'm going to show you, okay, how I know what is the most important chapter in Revelation. Now, you guys were kind of close, but you're all wrong. No shame, because we learn by failures, correct? Failures are stepping stone to success. But before I tell you that, I'm going to show you why. The chiasm of Revelation. Who's heard of chiasm before? Just a few people. Okay, let me explain to you what a chiasm is, okay? Number one, a chiasm is typical Hebrew thought. So this is not something that's familiar with us today. It's more oriental in nature. The word chiasm is taken from the word chi. It's more like a C shape. So it's a semicircle. How do you, is it a semicircle? Half oval shape. Or X, but halved. Okay? So it's more like a C. And so what it talks about here is because, you see, the Hebrews, Jewish people, were from um, Oriental descent. So that's why I know from this thing as being a Chinese as well. But here it's built around parallel thoughts, okay? What I mean by that is A, the thought A will reflect complement A. So that means if, for example, we're built like... A, a really bad example, but we're built like a chiasm. I have fingers on this side, and I have fingers on this side. I have arms. The most important part is the center. You can cut off my arms, and I'll still live. You get me in the middle, I'm dead. Okay? The most important part is right the peak of the chiasm. So A will complement uh, A complement, B, B complement, C, C complement, and then D. There's a central thought to it, and there's a few books that in the Bible that structured around a chiasm. Uh, Mark is one of them, and I know John is one of them as well, I think. And Revelation, of course. And so, the most important thought is placed in the center or peak of the chiasm. And Revelation is built like this. So we're going to find corresponding themes, and the center will be its most important thought. Okay. And really, within that chapter that I'm going to show you, there's the most important verses as well. Let's go to it, shall we? You can't see this too well, but I'm going to ask um, if you can hand out this right now. <clears throat> okay, what I've got is the 22 chapters of Revelation lined up here. Okay, the chiasm of Revelation. So the book of Revelation has how many chapters? 22, good. You got it right. <laughs> Within this book, there are 22 chapters, 
and they're going to be like a chiasm. They'll center into a peak, okay? Let me show you. Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3 talks about the seven churches. And it's reflective in Revelation chapter 19, 20, 21, and 22. And really, this is talking about God's, Jesus and His church. It's not literally Jesus and His church at the end, but it's the new Jerusalem, which is His people at the end. Okay? Next, we have the judgment, part one, seven seals. You'll find that when we study the seven seals, found in Revelation chapter 4 all the way to 7, that they will have exactly similar words that you'll find in Revelation 17, 18, and 19. Okay? And then after that, coming over, Revelation chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11, you'll find that you'll find similar words in these chapters as compared to Revelation 13, 14, 15, and 16. And so what we're doing here is we're finding similar phrases, similar ideas, similar themes to build up, and this is what the chiasm is. And right at the center is Revelation 12. Now, if you're looking at this sheet and you're kind of confused what is behind it, um, let's turn over to the first page and we'll go through this just briefly so that you'll understand what we're talking about here. Yvonne. Oh, she got one. Okay. If you look here, there's two tables. Okay, a table with two columns, pardon me. And you see section one and section seven. They line up with part one, uh, the number here, seven and one. Okay? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you see here, section one, section seven. Number one, there's one on both columns, okay? And you see the word, first word there is right. And I've given you references in Revelation. Here is chapter 1, verse 11, chapter 2, verse 1 and 8, 12, 18, so on and so forth. And then you see the corresponding thought found across in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 9, 21 and verse 5. Okay? And this does it throughout the whole book. And so I've got section 1, 7, section 2 and 6, section 3 and 5, and then you've got section 4. Now, what I'm particularly interested in is section 4. Now, clearly from this, you can already see that the most important chapter is what? Chapter 12. But I'm going to show you why. Within chapter 12, there's actually three most important verses, okay, that reflect the theme of Revelation, which was what? Two things. Jesus Christ, and what else? Time is short. But what about Jesus Christ? Save us from our sins, okay? So Jesus Christ will save us from our sins and time is short. We need to see these two things in the theme, reiterated. Now let's go to chapter 12 of Revelation in our Bibles. Let's go there. Revelation chapter 12. <clears throat> and with your piece of paper in hand, let's look to the last verse. I mean the last page, sorry. Last page in this handout. And we're going to go through this, okay? Is there anybody who needs a handout? Everybody has one? Okay, good. Now you see there in our table, the first thing is what? Verse 1 and 2, the woman. Now we read Revelation 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, 
And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, and she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. So that's the first thought, first two verses in Revelation. Now let's go to verse 17. We see the dragon was wroth with the who? The woman. So we see the woman mentioned at the beginning. We see the woman mentioned at the end. Now, let's go to verses 3 and 6 in our table here, in our little box here. It says what? The dragon's main encounters outlined. So we, if we read verse 3 of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3, it says this. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red, what? Dragon. So we see a dragon mentioned at the beginning after the woman. Now come with me to the end of the chapter. Verse 17, and the what? Dragon. So, start off with the woman, ended with the woman. Next in line was the dragon. Okay? Next thought. Starting in verse, well, let's look at verse 6. It says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Okay? So we see a woman doing what? What's she doing? Going into the wilderness. All right, now let's go to verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. So we see another woman, same woman, flying into the wilderness. You see how the thought pattern is being repeated? Just on different ends, and it's coming together. Now, let's look at verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So we see war in heaven. The dragon fought against Michael and his angels, and he was cast out, okay? That old serpent called the devil. Now, let's read verse 13. Same thought pattern. And when the dragon saw that he was what? Cast unto the earth. He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Same theme. Now from this, we can determine the most important verses. And they are verses 10 through 12. Now I want you to tell me where we find our two themes there. What are they again? Jesus Christ to what? Came to save us from our sins. And what's the second one? Time is short. Okay, let's read it. Let's read it together, okay? Loud voice, starting in verse 10, all the way through 12. One, two, three. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Do you see the theme there? Yes or no? Revelation verse, uh, 12, verse 10, it says what? Now is come salvation. What is salvation? 
Hmm? Salvation from our sins. Sounds like the meaning of Jesus' name, isn't it? But then it says the power of his Christ. Now, where do we see time is short? At the end? Where? That he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knoweth. Who is the he referring to there? Us? Who? The devil. See, here's a problem, folks. We don't know that we have a short time. The devil does. The purpose of Revelation is to tell us what the devil knows. The purpose of Revelation is to tell us that we have a short time. How does the devil know? He knows the Bible. He can give a good Bible study if he wants to, but he doesn't. But he knows he has a short time. So, what does he try to do? He tries to get people to entangle with the world's affairs, to get them into their sin, and to say, oh Lord, it's too hard to give up because I love the world too much. But if you really want to come with a sincere heart to study the book of Revelation, you will need to at least experience these two things, or else you have not studied it correctly, or I have not taught it correctly. And that is to tell you that you can have freedom, victory over your sins, and that you must know and need to know that time is short, that Jesus is coming soon, especially in our day and age. And by the end of this intro, I'm going to reemphasize again. You'll see clearly how we know that time is short, okay? Time is certainly short. And we've gone through this already. Three things, salvation, Jesus Christ, and time is short. Now, what I want to get to is the Revelation timeline. Can you hand that out for us, please? What I've done here is I've mapped out all 22 chapters of Revelation on a timeline. So I've mapped out what each chapter covers in terms of time period. And Revelation generally goes from 34 AD all the way to the third coming. Now, for those who've never heard of the third coming, I'd like to encourage you to come back again, and you'll find out eventually what that is. But there are a lot of things that I am going out on a limb to show you, to give you a big overview. But you need to understand, to come back, I mean, night uh, night in, night out, to show how I know that these timelines are all mapped out correctly. Revelation chapter 1 begins in AD 34. It was when John was writing to the seven churches, and so that was around AD 34 when those messages, or those churches exist literally back then, okay? That's the first chapter. Chapter 2. That's a 2 there, by the way. It goes from 34 AD all the way to 1798. Chapter 3. It goes from 1798 all the way to the second coming. Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5 are an introduction to the seven seals. And so we put it at the beginning of AD 34. And when we get to those chapters, you'll understand why I put it there. Because John is looking at prophetic vision, and he sees the throne of God and a land that was slain. And the seals shortly begin after that. And so it must be at that time period that Revelation 4 and 5 exist. It'll make sense when we come to that, okay? But I really want to just map this out to show you how we know that time is short. Chapter 6 encompasses everything, AD 34 all the way to second coming. Chapter 7, it starts just a little bit prior to the close of probation, all the way to the second coming. 
Now, for those that aren't familiar with what the close of probation is, once again, come back. Um, you, these things will be clearer once we get more in-depth into them. But for the sake of the timeline, I need to put a certain dates on there to show what begins and where. And obviously, close of probation is dealt with in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. It speaks about Michael the archangel standing up and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. So that is also something that you would have come across if you had studied the book of, Revel- uh, book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 8, uh, Revelation chapter 8, pardon me, starts after 34 AD, around 100 and, I think 150, pardon me, is it Revelation chapter 8? Yes, it is. 396 AD to 1299. Now, these are dealing with the seven seals, seven trumpets. Now I'm getting my, all my details mixed up, pardon me. Revelation chapter 8 is dealing with the seven trumpets. Begins in 396 AD and ends in 1299. Revelation chapter 9 begins in 1299 and ends in just prior to 1844. Revelation chapter 10 begins 1843 to 1844. Just one year. Very short period. Revelation chapter 11 begins in 538. So it goes back and it comes all the way up to the second coming. Okay? Revelation chapter 12, being our most important chapter, you'll find that it covers all time period. Spans everything. All the way back to the beginning. War in heaven. <laughs> it began right at the beginning. It goes all the way to the end. Okay? Revelation chapter 13 begins 538 and ends at the close of probation. Revelation chapter 14 begins in 1844 and ends at the second coming. Because the three angels' messages were only relevant and began to be relevant at 1844. Revelation chapter 15 and 16 go hand in hand, close of probation up till the second coming. Revelation chapter 17, now this is where, um, I have this arrow here and it says back to Babylon. Literally it talks about literal Babylon which existed in 600 BC, but really the time period it emphasizes is beginning in 1798 all the way up till close of probation, okay? Revelation chapter 18 just continues on from Revelation 17. And it begins at close of probation until the second coming. Revelation chapter 19 continues on, goes all the way to the third coming. Revelation, uh, second coming and the third coming is what we really call a millennium. So you will be familiar with that language once we get to Revelation 19, Okay? Oh, Revelation 20, rather. That is what deals with the millennium. Same time period as Revelation 19. And Revelation 21 and 22 go beyond the third coming into the millennium, talking about New Jerusalem, heaven, and earth made new. All happens after the third coming, not the second coming. Now, here's my question to you. Looking at this, who is Revelation most relevant to? Give me a time period on here. After what? 1844. After 1844. Now, why do you say that? Seems like a lot of stuff over there. Okay. What do you got? What, does, does everybody agree? 
beyond the, beyond the millennium. That's most relevant to us. Uh, most relevant to the book of Revelation. I would actually bring it back a little bit. 1798. 1798 up till the second coming. Can you see that? I really should have drawn a box here, but this is where majority of the chapters are covered that overlap. So really, Revelation isn't relevant to John. It was to a little certain extent, okay? Historically, there's quite a bit of history there. But really, Revelation is just mostly relevant to us and those that live beyond 1798 until the second coming. Now, when's the second coming? It's up to us to decide how long we want to be here, eh? But the second thing is, if you will notice, okay, there's a lot of history. If you want to properly study the book of Revelation, you need to understand history. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us, there's nothing new under the sun. What hath been shall be. God requires that which is past. Okay? So really, to effectively understand properly Revelation and to apply it properly in our days, we need to understand Babylon. I mean, it uses the word Babylon so much, and it's in the past. B.C., the date B.C., okay? It's not even within this time frame that we've listed here. So we can see clearly that Revelation, the book of Revelation, is mostly relevant to us today. Now, I wanted to look at this principle of repeat and large. Um, you would have probably looked at it in Daniel, for those that studied it correctly. <clears throat> But this is one of the principles of how we interpret prophecy. Repeat and enlarge, okay? You need to understand this very clearly or else your way of interpreting revelation will be wrong if you don't understand this principle. Just as we use prophetic time, you need to understand this principle of repeat and enlarge. Now, what do we mean by that? Who has not studied the book of Daniel? Okay? All right. Well, I'm just going to use Daniel as an example, okay? Now, what's Daniel 2 about? The dream, what dream? Statue. statue. Okay, what was the head of gold? Babylon. Then what's next? Hmm? Medo-Persia, which is what? Silver. And then? Greece, which is? Bronze. And then? Iron, Rome, and then? Which is? Church and state, thank you. And lastly, what came? The rock, which was what? Jesus, okay, second coming. So here we see Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, pagan Rome, papal Rome, and second coming. Now you're saying, well, Ben, you're pretty bold to put the feet as papal Rome. How do I know? Because we looked at Daniel 7. We use the principle of repeat and enlarge. And this is how we have to build upon what we already know, but expand on what we already know, but more detail is given. Okay? Next, we saw beasts. Same kingdoms, but it was lion, bear, leopard, dreadful and terrible beast, and then little horn. And each time, you had a metal, beast, metal, beast, metal, beast, metal, beast, Metal and clay, but little horn. Transition. 
So we, the same principle of repeat and enlarge is brought out again. Okay? But something different is given. What is it? Fiery throne, which is judgment. Now, I guess I should have spent a bit more time in explaining this, but my emphasis is for those who are not really clear about what I'm talking about, you need to go back and refresh on Daniel. Because Daniel is a foundational book to Revelation. Foundational. There are many things that you need to study before in conjunction, in conjunction to leading up to Revelation. Let me, let me show you quickly what I mean. Let's go to Revelation 13, okay? Revelation 13. This is what I mean when I say, look, Daniel is foundational in studying the Bible. I mean, the book of Revelation. You need to understand that book before you come to the book of Revelation. Or else, it may seem like I'm, uh, how do you say, guessing a lot of things. Okay? But let's go to Revelation 13. Verse 1. The Bible says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven horns, seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a what? Leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a? Bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a? Lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. You see that? So, I, was, I didn't pre-plan this, but I'm going to write it up here. What was it made of? What four animals was it made of? Leopard. What else? Bear. What else? Lion. Anything else? Dragon. How many heads? How many heads? Seven heads. How many horns? Ten horns. Has anyone seen an animal like this at the zoo before? Anybody? Where on earth did John get this picture from? I mean, why? Right? Well, let's go to Daniel 7. I want to show you why it's foundational in the understanding of, of Revelation to first study Daniel. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verse 4. The first was like a what? What's the first like? Lion. Verse 5. What's the next beast that is mentioned? Bear. Verse 6. What's the next beast? Leopard. Verse 7, what's the next beast? Great, dreadful, and terrible. I guess Daniel was so scared he couldn't name it. But John was a bit more bold. I think Jesus just told him. But it was probably a dragon, okay? That's why you see a lot of artists depict the beast in Revelation 13 to be like a dragon. But now, I want to ask you this. How many heads did the lion have? How many heads did the lion have? One. How many heads did the bear have? Does anybody know? How many? One. Okay. How many heads did the leopard have? Four. And how many heads did the dragon have? One. 
How many heads does that, does that give us? Seven. See that? Now read verse 8. I think it's actually verse 7. Right at the end there, it says what? And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had how many horns? Ten horns. If you want to really understand the picture in Revelation 13, you need to go back and understand the picture in Daniel 7. John didn't make this up, neither did Jesus. He was basing it on a vision that he'd given to Daniel hundreds of years before. So that's what I mean, that your understanding of Daniel needs to be there before you come to Revelation. So feel free to ask me. I I don't mind certainly going through Daniel privately with you. Um, Before or during this, if you are confused about this seminar, please, the best thing to do is to come and ask me. Okay? I would appreciate that. But coming back to this principle of repeat and enlarge, Daniel chapter 8 also repeats what we see in the previous two chapters. It's already kicked Babylon out of the scene. It doesn't even talk about Babylon anymore. Babylon, you're not important anymore. Let's continue. Medo-Persia, Ram, the Greece, Hegot, Pagan Rome, Papal Rome, and then investigative judgment. Now, if you're not familiar with investigative judgment, it'll come up again in the future. But really, Daniel chapter 8 and chapter 9 is the chapters that actually deal with the investigative judgment. So if you're not familiar with that, let's study. And lastly, Daniel 11 and 12. Once again, Babylon is out of the scene, and you have Medo-Persia, Greece, pagan Rome, papal Rome, and extra is added, close of probation and judgment again. So this is what I mean by repeat and enlarge. Greater detail is given. You see that? Babylon was out of the picture, two chapters at the end. So really, it's not interested in the history part. It's important. Remember, it's dealing with our time. And actually, you'll find that the greatest detail that is given is papal Rome, second coming, judgment, and also close of probation, which is covering 1798 up till second coming. So the same principle is given in Revelation. So when we look at this, can you see now that arrow that was there before also applies to these chapters? It's clear that we, are, we have been given greater detail towards the end of time. So when we come to Revelation, let me emphasize, it is not about the Antichrist. It is not about USA. It's not about Three angels' messages, are they important? Yes. But the greatest picture is Jesus Christ. You've got to learn to, instead of looking at the minute details, stand back and see the picture. And you'll see it. It forms. It's a picture of Jesus Christ. But what about him? To save us from our sins. Second thing, he's coming back. How soon? Very, very soon. So friends, this is just the introduction that I'd like to leave with you um, for now as we go into Revelation chapter 1. But I'd just like to take a five-minute break, if that's okay with you, and then we'll get into Revelation chapter 1, okay? Let's kneel for prayer, shall we? Father in heaven, Lord, we're so thankful for the book of Revelation. Lord, thank you for giving us a picture of Jesus Christ through this prophetic book. 
And, O oh Lord, I, it's my prayer that as we continue to study this wonderful book, that all of us would gain a deeper insight to who Jesus Christ really is and how much He loves us and how soon He is coming back for all of us. O oh Lord, help us to be ready through this study. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.